The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Right, it is podcast time once again from Chester Borton Hall. My name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon, we'll have a little review of what happened last weekend and look forward, more importantly, to what's happening next weekend and beyond. And on the pod this time round, as per ever, we'll hear from George Metcalf from the Third Eleven and uh, Ian Thistlewood from the Fours. We have Nicole Fisher, our ladies captain, on too. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Ed Rimmer, who's one of our junior coaches. He looks after the under-11s and some exciting times there. All that and, of course, our fantasy cricket review as well. And, well, anything else we can fit in between now and the end of the programme. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The Full Toss. What's on at Chester Borton Hall? So yeah, here we go then, uh, podcast number 53. And uh, what indeed is on at Chester Borton Hall? Well, uh, not good news to start with, I'm afraid. The uh, showcase game, the ECB showcase game that I've talked about uh, in the past, Cheshire against Warwickshire, which was due to be played here at Borton Hall on Tuesday next, that's the 20, uh, 20th of July. Uh, that's been knocked on the head, unfortunately. Uh, the two sides have uh, been in discussion for a few days. Um, it's COVID-related, of course, as it always seems to be. Uh, Warwickshire are offering uh, the opportunity to play next year, which hopefully that, that will come off. Uh, potentially, I think, a, a trip to Edgebaston for Chester as well. For Cheshire as well, I should say. Um, but look, uh, we'll keep, keep you posted. But for now, I'm afraid, no Cheshire versus Warwickshire. Uh, you know, too, that the summer ball uh, is due on Saturday the 24th. Um, pretty much sold out, but uh, do inquire because there may well be uh, you know, a couple of people we could squeeze in perhaps, uh, or uh, maybe some cancellations as well. And uh, keep um, keep looking at the website because anything that comes up, of course, will keep you posted. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Lee Dixon in a bunker somewhere uh, after a, a difficult but... Partly enjoyable weekend, at least. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, very good, Jim. Um, been a, a bit of a mixture of emotions over the weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, a fantastic win on the Saturday against Nantwich. Um, a side that seems to have been a steamroller in the league. But doing the double over them this year is always enjoyable. I think after the first hour, we probably thought we were going to be on the, uh, the end of a massive score. But uh, we'll certainly talk about that later on. Um, and then the Sunday, um, you know, a, a game that ebbed and flowed against Audley Edge. Uh, one that I've seen us win plenty of times, Jim, and I think probably shows a little bit where the sides are at the moment, just trying to learn to win these slightly tougher games, these 50-50 moments. Um, and then, obviously, all the lads getting together, you know, that, that was the enjoyable part. We don't really get to do that that much. Uh, get all the lads together down the bottom, all the club together. Uh, we watched the final and then uh, onto the football. So it, it was a it was a really good bad day Sunday. Yeah, yeah, uh, a decent spectacle, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was sort of came upon us at relatively short notice, finals day. Um, but we do those things well, I think, and um, 
fair play to all the edge. Do you want to just talk about uh, those two semis then? Because uh, uh, I suppose the first thing to say is that uh, you, you're not used to playing on the back pitch, the first team, but we lost the toss. Yeah, but look, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? And uh, look, it, it, it's probably the fair way to do it as well. If you're being yeah. totally honest, if you've got a side that's playing at home, I think if they if they play on their home pitch to you know the semi and then the final, you know there is definitely an advantage there. But I think both sides at the start thought that it was going to be like 200 because um, that's what, obviously, if you all the back pitch speckies love watching the first team play on the back pitch um, because, obviously, for some of those guys, that's their Wembley. Um, and I think that the, the way they went off, you know, we knew that Sam Perry and Ed Fluck were their danger players and it turned out to be that way. Do you think... Uh, Sam Perry... Sorry, I was Sam, say, Perry. Sam Perry, I mean, that first over when he just dabbed a six, a straight six, uh, with hardly any backswing. And then a bit later on, sorry, I'm interrupting you here, but a bit later on, Warren, when he pulled one, uh, which probably ended up down, down, down by the nets, uh, it, uh, it, was, it was incredible. Yeah, look, uh, like Sam is probably the closest thing I've seen to Warren for probably... 10 years in the sense that I think he's on that trajectory. He's having an incredible year, well over 700 league runs already. Uh, him and Ed have kind of gone up on a parallel, you know, through the, all the junior cricket, obviously the Lang stuff as well. And uh, while they were in, it was looking pretty ominous, if I'm totally honest. Um, Sam really stuck, got stuck into Jack. You just don't see that very often. Jack's first over was really expensive, but he pulled it back brilliantly. We managed to get wickets at good times, if I'm honest. And I think all the edges really good start actually made it a bit of a problem for their middle order because I think they thought they had to score quicker than they probably they probably needed to, which meant chances were, were created. Um, look, you look down our bowlers, Luke Young didn't get a wicket, but only went at four and over, fantastic effort. Wiggy, three overs, uh, one for 21. You know, that's a good return from Wig. And then, you know, you look at the skipper, um, two for 26, Harry. Jack pulled it back. You know, like I said, he went for 20 on this first over, one for 37, and then Rick got two for 29. So wickets shared around 166. I'll be honest, at halfway, I actually thought we were in the box seat. Mm. I thought that it, it looked like we were going to, you know, kind of, it, we, were all, we were never going to be out of the game with that sort of score. <clears throat> um, was and went off like an absolute train. Three sixes um, and one over off Richard Wilkinson. Three six, yeah, and, and look, Wilco has been one of the best all-rounders around for a long time. He doesn't normally drop it short, Wilco, and, and you know there was two uncharacteristic balls there, which he he was just allowed to rock back and destroy uh, through a backward square leg. But the shot of the day, arguably, he, he was a hit a six over extra cover onto the bottom football ground. Yeah. And there was just that kind of buzz around the ground. I think everyone thought, oh, where we go? We're on to something really special here. I thought I'd got a ticket to the best show in town, if I'd honest, Jim. Mm. And then uh, last ball, the over, he's, you know, he's, he's tried to pull another one. It's gone in the air. And it's such a massive wicket for any side, that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, me and Al put on a bit of a partnership. And then I got myself out. And then the, the middle order, you know, losing Harry first ball, when he's been in such ominous form all year, really disappointing. But then a lot of single-figured scores in 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 the in the uh, the middle order left us with an awful lot to do. And and do you know what? 
uh, Al Townsend and Charlie Fleet nearly did. They, they came did, yeah. in and, yeah. and Alex hit this massive six over the the marquee, which was great. And and uh, Charlie hit one down towards uh, where his granddad used to live as well. So you know there was a point where going into the last over we needed twelve thirteen where he thought could they do it, but they just managed to close it out. Um, for them, the, their best bowler was Charlie Reed, three for twenty eight. Got wickets at important times, um, getting Harry, getting myself. And Will Valentine with Tufa. So, look, all the edge were all those sides. I'll be honest, I spoke to Alan Day after the game. He just, they just did not expect to <clears throat> get through. Mm. I think they thought that they were maybe not the favourites to win it on the day. Uh, but they played some really good cricket. Uh, in, the, in the other semi, Oxton basically battered Nantwich and lost. Yeah. Um, Ollie Griffiths getting 50 in the, uh, in the first innings, doing what he does. You know, he's very, very destructive. Um, I think he was a little bit miffed after getting the first ball the day before. Um, but, you know, he stayed true to what he does in it and he, he, he got stuck in. And then Luke Filer, the old Chester lad, uh, he obviously left when he was pretty young, but he absolutely smashed it all over the show. Oxton needed nine off the last two overs um, or 47 off 10 with nine wickets in hand and fell short. So, testament to Nantwich's aside, you know, they've obviously... Battled back. Scott Wardley got six wickets <laughs> as an off spinner, so that was a pretty uh, fantastic display, um, which set up a, a malfortune tie between, you know, arguably two of the, the more talented sides in the league. And what a poor start it was for Alderley, and then how did they turn things around? Yeah, look, you know, I, I often say if I was a betting man, which obviously I am, but you know, <laughs> when when Sam Perry and uh, Ed Fluck. Both went cheaply. I think everyone just thought, well, oh, this is going to be a bit of a procession. It was, it was nine for three, was bit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was unbelievable. You know, like, it, it really, it, you just didn't see any way back for them. But, you know, when you've got someone like Ed Foster, you know, contracted for three years at Worcester, you know, he's been a stalwart of Shropshire cricket. Having him, you know, to kind of settle it down and him and Tom Forster put on an absolute show in the middle order and all of a sudden you could just feel the momentum change they were finding the boundary with relative ease um, and uh, I think you know anywhere around that 160 on the front pitch at the moment especially because we've got so much cricket on the ground Jim the, w- the wickets are a little bit tighter than mm. they, they would normally be um, so you know 160 is a, a very very competitive score and uh, it, it it just had that feels Chris Sanderson, who, uh, uh, Chris Sanders, sorry, um, captains the T20 side for the edge, which is unusual because obviously he's a, he's a quick bowler. You don't normally like quick bowlers because they they just bowl themselves all the time. It's, it's not the, <laughs> the normal thing. Um, but he, him getting Anish Kapil, and it is great when you, you see real quickies. You know, he yeah. runs in off this it's a long super run long run up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I must admit. When, when he, was the first pitch, he, was, he was in the marquee, I think. Yeah, well, there was one ball where I managed to get my, my head out of the way because uh, it, it, it came whistling past my ears. But it's quite a, a daunting sight watching him sprinting from that distance. But he got a neat, uh, Anish Kapil, who obviously is a massive wicket for that, which the stump went cartwheeling. It's quite a sight, really. Um, and then uh, Luke Robinson just started to get going and was dropped by Ed Fluck in the outfield. Now, I'll be honest with you, I thought, that was the moment which was going to uh, decide the match, which would have been really harsh on Ed because obviously, you know, you never want to see people drop catches. Luke went, went on and started smashing it all around the show. 
him and Chris Simpson put on a, a really good partnership. But then when Luke went, it just seemed like a bit of a... Nantwich just seemed to lose the way a little bit. And there was a lot of dot balls and, you know, the boundary wasn't being found. And, and then all of a sudden, the run rate's up at 10, 11, 12. As soon as Ollie Griffiths went, you felt like it was start the car. And that, that certainly seemed to be the case. And uh, and all the edge got the, got the win. And uh, it was nice to see some of their lads, you know, having a beer and enjoying the moment, which is what it's all about. And, uh, uh, you know, another team, you know, getting to win a trophy. And they're, they're a... They're a side, a good blend of experience and some really, really good young players. So I think they could be a side to watch in, in the coming seasons, Jim. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And of course, we'll uh, we'll see them back at Chester before the end of the season, won't we, in the league? Yeah, we will. And and, and to be honest, we need to do a job on them because they certainly did a job on us um, in the league earlier in the year. We, you know, we didn't have the best of the conditions earlier in the year, but we, we you know, we dropped Sam Perry on none and then just let him batters out the game so I think we've got you know it puts us in an interesting position if we can get this game replayed with Oxton and we get a positive result there it only it only takes us a, a win back in the league which uh, you know it, it gives us an opportunity to at least have a, have, a, have a bit of a dip Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall Okay uh, well that was finals day let's have a look at uh, what happened on the Saturday and um the ones, as you say, toppled Nantwich. Yeah, uh, the first hour, Jim, was not. Um, it was not going well. If I'm totally honest, um, it the the new Duke's ball was was doing a little bit, but it looked like the middle of the pitch looked like a really good surface. Um, Luke Robinson again just came out after we. Capel played two really, really good shots in the first over, but then Luke Young trapped him, so which was you know the, the great, a great start. But then the runs flowed quite freely between Robinson and Simpson, um, and and they got to 80, 80 for one before losing Simpson himself. Now at this point, it was it, it we 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 bowled uh, a teeth, we bowled Alex Townend, who managed to come on and get the wicket of Chris Simpson. Rick Moore, Luke Young, it it was just one of those moments where you're thinking, right, you know, this is going to take a lot of spin. This is just a used wicket, uh, and sometimes I think Harry's, you know, overblessed with too many options because I know a lot of people, if they were captain in Harry and uh, Jack Williams, they'd have them on very early, and as soon as those two came on, it was uh, a completely different ball game. Jack Williams, twelve point five overs. Five for thirty-three and Harry seven overs, three for thirty-one, just made it almost impossible at times for the batsmen to uh, get them away. Uh, some good catching, and uh, yeah, it, it it set up a an interesting chase. So I'll be honest, one hundred and sixty-one at home. You think right, Chester box seat, good wicket. Now the thing is, because you knew it was spinning, one hundred and sixty-one seemed like a a really decent chase. Uh, no Warren on the Saturday. Uh, and uh, Luke Young opened with Rick. Uh, Rick got to 12 before he was trapped by Scott Wardley. But um, after Al Money came and went, uh, it was the partnership between Luke Young and Harry Caloran that really put Chester in a great position. Luke in particular facing 145 balls for 60, which normally you'd say, God, that's that's really slow at Chester. It was exactly what was needed, Jim. Yeah, he just good sting out the game. Up. 
really good knock and it's something that you know that sort of level of patience at his age it just shows that um he's played a lot of um you know two day three well he hasn't played much three day cricket yet but two day cricket maybe that's something there for Chesh to look at in the future maybe you know having that sort of temperament uh and then Atif came in showed all his experience there with 30 31 left to me and Andy Metcalf just to get a couple not out each and uh we got over the line and it was a you know it was a really good win, Jim. And like I said, to do the double over them, fantastic. Um, and it, it brings us on to a, a really interesting weekend. Very much so. Uh, and the reverse fixture for the twos. And uh, yeah, not quite so fortunate there. No, um, the twos, the batting's really struggling at the moment. They're just not firing at all. And I think uh, it must be really uh, frustrating for Griff at the moment, um, they're getting themselves in some really good positions. The bowlers are doing their job. They're keeping these teams down to low scores, and they're just not. They're not. They're not getting. You know, they're, they're getting into good positions, Jim, but they're just not finding a way of uh, of getting over the line. And this is a couple of times this year now where all of a sudden, you know, we've we finished like fourteen short there. Um, but we've had we've had 53 overs to get 150, so I think we've just got to look at that and go. You know, how can we improve it? How can we rotate the strike? How can we get a little bit more out of that middle order? Um, Freddie and uh, Jake Wonky managed to block out and, and get the draw points, which was some consolation. But uh, Robin Fisher, star of the show with the ball, 14 overs, five for 41. He could be playing against Nottinghamshire. Uh, over 50s this week on the Wednesday um, probably on the same wicket so that'll uh, fill in with confidence also good performances on the day Reg White got 40 odd and two for but like I said uh, until we start putting together some scores in that batting lineup, we're not going to win as many games as, as we want to No, and it doesn't get any easier does it with, the, uh, with Neston uh, in town at the weekend for them yeah, Neston obviously is a bit of a derby, um, and uh, it's always a good weekend when when the uh, first and seconds play that fixture. Uh, both games are always extremely competitive, um, but we're hoping that uh, Matthew can galvanise his troops, and uh, there'll be a good uh, a good pitch available to him, and we can rack up a good score. The Full Toss Podcast. Yep. Um, meantime, uh, with George and the threes, well, they just keep going, don't they? Yeah, George's team are doing absolutely fantastically well. It was really great to to watch that uh, game on Saturday because we were on the front, they were on the back. And uh, he just seems to have such a lovely demeanour about him, George, in the role. He has his own way of doing things. All right, well, let's, uh, let's hear what George had to say. Uh, at the weekend, we took on Haslington and expected quite a tough test. Uh, they gave us a really good game at their place earlier in the season with us managing to chase down uh, their score in the penultimate over. Uh, we faced quite a different side uh, on Saturday. Uh, a few of the lads have been promoted to the first team um, due to injuries and poor availability, but we still expected a very tough contest. Uh, lost the toss and were invited to bowl. Uh, when we would have definitely batted on a obviously a very flat pitch at Borton Hall, um, but and in short we didn't particularly bowl and feel very well. Uh, probably after last week's uh, stellar performance at Alvinley, we were probably uh, resting on our laurels perhaps. But you know it wasn't a lack of effort; it just wasn't our day really. Few few catches flying through the slips with with no real no real 
Stonewall chances were put down. But credit to the Haslington batsmen, one of their lads got about 79, eventually dismissed by Will Fisher uh, as they went on to score uh, 209 just for the loss of four wickets. Uh, so a tough test, uh, chasing chasing over score over 240 overs, never going to be easy. Uh, but on the small bat pitch, uh, it's still very much doable. Uh, some saying even that was below par. Um, but I'd say it's probably a decent score, and even the third team chasing. Chasing is always difficult. Um, but thankfully, uh, we got the batting to do it. So um, it was uh, Joe Kaloran, uh, who kept uh, very well himself, uh, opened the batting with Ian Metcalf. And Joe played some nice trademark pulls before eventually uh, leaving one. Uh, but for about 16 and then that brought a little a little sort of mini collapse few people chip, chipping in here and there but at about the halfway mark we were probably about 90 for two so requiring about a runner ball in the second half um, with uh, Ian Metcalf and young Archie Riley playing his first third team league game for a while uh, coming in at number five um, and the pair batted well patiently uh, made sure when we got into the last 10 we were in a position to win the game uh, and then when Ian eventually departed for 40, uh, we probably needed about seven, seven and a half and over. Uh, this is where Joe Maddox came in and started peppering the short boundary. Uh, three three big sixes, um, which was really good. Really good to see Joe uh, back in some form. Uh, he ended up with uh, 55 not out as we actually managed to win the game in the final over. Not before Archie had managed to excellently chip, pick up a few runs himself. Actually being bold for 49, trying to win the game, only two to win. But he batted excellently, ran really well with Joe at the end there, um, picking picking off the singles and making making sure we were in a position to win the game, which was really great to see. Um, but yes, yeah, so as I say, we got home with three balls to spare, uh, Joe hitting the winning runs. But yeah, overall a fantastic performance in the second half from the third team after we probably a probably a below average performance in the first half. But but as I say, onwards and upwards, another twenty five points. And with rumours that Lim Lim Lim's game was abandoned at Warrington, it means we now have. Um, a bit of a gap between us, Alvin Lee, and the rest of the league, which is always good to see. Um, so next week we travel to Northwich, um, hopefully to continue our good run of form. Ten wins on the bounce now in the league, so uh, nine games to go. So we just need another nine wins, and then we'll be we'll be champions. So cheers, thank you. Uh, there's a gap between um, Chester, uh, Alvin Lee, and, and the rest of the league now. So on a promotion viewpoint, looking very, very good, but it is going to be nip and tuck all the way through mm. till the end of the season because I've got a funny feeling that Alvin Lee aren't going anywhere. And on to the fourth team uh, and a little bit of rain for them over at Appleton. Um, look, the fourth are having a really, really solid year. Ian's, Ian's doing a great job. He always does. Uh, and we're, sit, we're sitting in second in the league behind a very, very strong Crystleton second eleven. So... They've just got to keep plugging away. We've got to hope Crystal to maybe drop some points somewhere. But, you know, ultimately, you know, he'll, I think uh, uh, this is uh, probably favourite part of the weekend was actually Archie Riley has been in the fourth team for quite a long time now and he stepped up to play in the thirds this week and he got some runs. So I think Ian's job as fourth team captain is obviously to make sure uh, we put a good fourth team out. Uh, people enjoy the Saturday, but it's also about bringing on that next generation of player. And that's, you know, testament to him that when those guys are going up into the thirds, they're doing a good job. So here he is then in a very philosophical mood. Hello again, Jim. It's Ian from the 4th Eleven. Um, we had a literal damn squib on Saturday away at Appleton. Really disappointing um, because it was shaping up to be a great game. But unfortunately, the heavens opened uh, apocalyptic style uh, about halfway through and it um, put pay to the game. Uh, just as it was hotting up. 
Uh, we won the toss and uh, selected to bowl first on uh, an exceptionally green wicket and it really did uh, jag about. Um, uh, Jamie Littler was the uh, a pick of the opening bowlers. Uh, he finished with three, uh, bowled magnificently, the best he's bowled all season, I think. Um, uh, and then uh, Chris Bell uh, uh, came in with two. Um, uh, Shan Nathan really moved the ball around in the air and uh, he got three, and uh, Alex, Gotting, uh, Alex Cotton got two as well. Um, so um, in the end, the, the, the wickets were shared around, and we managed to bowl them out for, for, for just over 100, 101, in fact, um, which um, wasn't a bad score on a, on a very, very tricky wicket, but we thought was chaseable. Uh, unfortunately, we we didn't get the chance to chase it. We um we faced three overs, and admittedly, they took two very quick wickets early doors. Rob Morris and uh, Damon Curtis uh, perishing to um to swinging balls. But I, I think we probably would have chased down a hundred. We've got a strong batting lineup, a deep batting lineup. But um we just had no choice. The the rain was so heavy that it it, it ended up getting under the covers, pulling on both lengths, and it was um. A pretty obvious conclusion uh, in the end to call it off. Sadly, um, just as we uh, we got back to Helsby on the way back, it was like uh, nothing had happened, and the rain parted, and the clouds lifted, and suddenly there was sunshine back in Chester. It was um, really, really quite frustrating. But overall, although the game was um, disappointing, I think the weekend overall was excellent. I mean, the um, the club on Sunday was just magnificent the uh, i mean admittedly the ones didn't get through to the finals but gave it a gave it a good go got got to find out what it was like to bat on the back pitch where which was quite amusing um it, it turns out that um they really are a class apart when warren goodwin hits a six over extra cover that i've been trying to do for 20 years never managed um but it was just a, just just a great day uh all around uh the club and then of course topped off with um you know, a, a, a valiant effort by England to win winner the football, and and sadly not. But I thought it was a terrific atmosphere of the club, and I mean it's been said many times before, but but really kudos to Adam and his entire team to to pull off a weekend like that in really quite challenging circumstances. Uh, it shows what what a great signing Adam was for the uh, for the club as a whole, and. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of gratitude uh, uh, towards Adam and the team, and, and quite rightly so. Uh, next week, the, uh, the the fours welcome Appleton again back to uh, Chester. This time, uh, it's a back-to-back -back fixture. Um, I'm not around. Uh, I'm taking a holiday, so Rob Williams is back into the fray as a, a vice captain stepping up, and hopefully, we'll be able to put out a strong side and um, yeah, and get a whole game in with any luck. Um, so. Um, thanks, Jim. Have a have a great week, and uh, to all the podcast listeners, uh, stay safe, and we'll see you the weekend. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Okay, Lee. So uh, briefly, then uh, let's run through the fixes. Uh, we've we've kind of talked about uh, the twos a little. Uh, but the ones are at Neston. The twos host Neston. The threes are uh, home to sorry away to Northwich twos, and the fours are at home to Appleton twos. Yeah, look, uh, we're, we're always look always look forward to go across to Neston. Favorite, you know, great game. I, I was there. I was there last night. Uh, ground looks in really, really good. Nick outfield looks lightning fast. Um, they're having a really tough time of it, uh, Jim. Um, Neston were probably 
one of those uh, sides that were going to be seen as title challengers. It just hasn't materialised. I think they've had a few problems that, that you know with the the pitch maybe not suiting their bowling attack. It's been spinning an awful lot, so that's obviously going to suit us. Um, and uh, they probably need a win just to pull themselves back into mid table because they certainly don't want to end up uh, down the, the bottom half of the league. They've got a far, you know, we've got too many far good players for that. Um, you know, danger, danger at the weekend obviously is the obvious ones. Will Evans, Mark Rowland up top of the order. Their form player's been Simon Stokes in the middle order. He's got over 400 league runs. So, you know, they're always a little bit top-heavy batting-wise. Uh, but if we can negate Ash uh, Davis and uh, Matty Stewart with the knee ball, then, you know, I'd like to think we've got an opportunity to go there and, and do the double over the shrimpers. And uh, it'd be great if the first and seconds could do the old shrimp wash. That'd be good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but it's, uh, look, I'm sure they'll, they'll be saying exactly the same thing. They'll be looking at Chester going, well, you know, they're a bit hit and miss at the moment. You know, hopefully we catch them on a bad day. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I I do think that we're just starting to get into a little bit of form and hopefully we can take a, a win from the Saturday into the Sunday, which is arguably one of the biggest games we've played this year. Wallacey away in the Cheshire Cup. Yeah, Wallacey away at the Oval Ground. If you haven't been there, it's a cauldron built inside a, a uh, like a council estate as such. It, it's a, it's a great venue to play at, Jim. It's a, it's a real, you know, like a coliseum kind of feel to it. Uh, they've got a really decent side. Uh, Jamie Crawley, uh, just yesterday playing for the MCC, got 200 in, in one day, playing in a T20 tournament on the back of a double 100 for, uh, uh, in the Scotland trials. So he's obviously a very big wicket. We know a lot about Jamie. Um, and they've got a, a left-arm uh, overseas spinner who's been causing a lot of damage on a Saturday as well. You know, Neil Cross is always a, a fantastic competitor uh, and my old mate Chris Davis as well. So, there's going, you know, look, they are a very, very good side. Uh, Wallacey at home as well um, on a, a wicket they obviously know really well. I think it's going to be a really good game. Winner plays hide at home on the, on the 1st of August, so there's plenty to play for um, as Bollington are in the other, the other semi-final. I'm trying to think against who, though, Jim. Uh, yes, you keep talking and I'll. <laughs> <get> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, yeah. So look, yeah, cracking, cracking game lined up there, and uh, really, it's it's a real important fixture for for Chester, isn't it? Uh, uh, after that defeat last week in the finals. Yeah, it'd be look, it'd be fantastic to get a, uh, in, into a semi and then a step closer to maybe getting getting our hands on the Cheshire Cup, but. Uh, that's uh, that's something to worry about on the Sunday. Let's get a win on the Saturday and yeah. then take it into the weekend. Yeah, quite right. Okay, uh, so just the twos we've we've kind of mentioned, uh, but uh, they're hosting Neston and uh, you know Matty's uh, uh, looking at that batting lineup, no doubt with yourself. Um, the threes uh, they are away to Northwich and uh, looking to just just carry on. Yeah, they've just got to keep rolling on Northwiches. Um, it's it, it's one of those sides where, especially at Moss Farm as well, any away game is always a tough one. Um, and you know they've just got to keep this form going because they won't be fear they will not be fearing anyone at all. Um, Northwich are third from bottom, and Chester have only lost to Alvinley this year. So they've just got to stay humble, stay keep doing what they're doing. 
And obviously, George's got a very, very settled side now. I think a lot of the lads are, you know, not taking holidays or week weeks off because they know that they may lose their spot. Um, and we're obviously getting to that crunch, you know, crunch last third of the season now. So they've just got to keep going, and, and George has got to keep doing what he's doing. And and the fourth, uh, um, did you say that it was? It's not Appleton this week, is it? It is. It's Appleton again. But oh, double header. Double header. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So the weather so Yeah. That um, that's that certainly uh, doesn't look like a. Uh, a fixture that 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 that's going to get rained off this week. The weather looks absolutely fantastic, uh, but I know Ian's not around this week, so there'll be a so, someone different leading the side. So I think probably be Robbie. It's Robbie, yeah, it's Robbie. Yeah, so you know, fantastic uh, opportunity for him, and always a good opportunity for for lads to um, stake a claim when when the senior players missing, and an opportunity for us to get a fantastic soundbite from him afterwards as well, with a bit of luck. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so busy weekend then. Um, four games Saturday uh, and then Sunday. Uh, Lee, let's um, let's move on to just talk about the ladies. Um, caught up with Nicole because uh, they've been having a pretty decent time of it just late. Let's hear what she had to say about uh, the win over Oakmere last week and also about life in general. Okay, so Nicole, uh, another great win for the ladies the other night against Oakmere. Uh, and a pretty good season so far. Yeah, um, a pretty good season for the ladies so far. The first and seconds both doing well. Um, we're not far off the top of the league now, so very exciting. And we have got a game in hand from the team at the top, so very exciting. And you've got better and better, haven't you? Because you're second in the league now. It was a slow old start, but uh, my word, you've certainly accelerated. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's it's a very tough league. Um, there are some very, very talented teams and players within the league. So it was always going to be a tall order, but we seem to have really pulled together and, um, yeah, put put our best performances out. Well, tell us about this 16-run win over Oakmere the other day then. <laughs> well, it was definitely a tight game, that's for sure. So um, Oakmere won the toss and decided to have a bowl first. Um and our very own Ali Cutler went out there all guns blazing, as she has been. She's actually carrying a little knock, but that did not stop her at all. Um, she ended up on 74. Um, it was a very tough day to bat out there. Um, it wasn't a batting pitch at all. Um, but yeah, she had multiple partners out there. Um, <laughs> Katie Bennett came and chipped in with 12. And then we had our very own Kate Kopak making her debut for the season um she came in and scored 24 of 28 balls but yeah the majority of the work was done by Ali Cutler and we ended up on 130 off our 40 overs losing eight wickets along the way but I mean if we go back to early in the season the scores coming in were around about the sort of 40 mark sometimes up to 60 so what, what how's the turnaround come about uh, Nicole um it's it's been a big work in progress with um the batting alex money as our coach has obviously worked really hard with us and it's just about building on what we have done well and working out what we haven't done quite so well um batting in partnerships has been a massive one that we've really put emphasis on so We've obviously, Ali has been the woman in form and we've just said to everyone, all you need to do is support her, um, run the singles where they are and push hard for them and just work on what we do well. 
But I mean, we, we, we all know about Ali. We all know and love Ali. She's been around uh, the, the, the club for a while. Uh, is having a cracking season. But she's uh, she's bringing you with her now, isn't she? I mean, she's every, as you say, yeah. everybody is chipping in now. Uh, you've got Kate Kopak back, which just must be a fantastic boost. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, it was very much kept on the down low um, to start with because we 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 didn't really want Oatmeal to know that she was coming, just in case they. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they said anything but no she's equally as much of a member as anybody else she comes to training whenever she can as well she obviously has been training with sunrisers and she's been playing for middlesex as well so um yeah but she's got a bit of time off um women's county cricket at the moment so wherever she can play she will play for us and it was really good to have her in it just so happened that it was going to be our toughest match that she had her first game um but yeah we were really grateful to have her back and she's obviously a lovely girl as well so yeah. nice to have her around and it's, it's a great standard though isn't it because i know there's uh, there are a couple yeah. of other senior pros if you like uh, around the league as well isn't there a, a lady at portal park for example yeah um i mean oakmere in particular have a lot of um, senior county players and ex-county players um, they really are a strong outfit so having Kate Kopak really did just um, bring that <laughs> make that a little bit easier for us it, it was a very very tight game at the end and I think a few of us were holding our breath um, wondering whether Oatmeal were going to knock off the runs but Kate Kopak's bowling is just probably the best in the league and <laughs> um, what about our what about our opener and our captain though i mean she's not having a bad season either is she <laughs> uh, we, we won't talk about this week yeah uh, only managed one run this week but yeah I, i've i've started off my so well but um managed to find a little bit of form and find it a little bit easier just ali taking the pressure off me a bit and telling me not to beat myself up as much as I was doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and we were talking uh, earlier in the season and Lee was uh, suggesting that perhaps having that second team around you as well and giving people the chance to play uh, in that yeah. side as well has really helped. Is that is that fair it, to say? It has really, really helped, especially batting-wise because bowling and fielding's not really been our weak point before, but batting sometimes is. So those girls who maybe are down the order 7, 8, 9, 10, they can have a bat in the second higher up and get that bit of confidence so when they do have that opportunity to go out they can perform a lot better but yeah it's it's really helps confidence wise Mandy's doing a great job in the seconds making sure everybody gets a go and we have a chat every week she lets me know what players and she asks me what players I'd like her to take for her um so that they can improve basically so yeah it's brilliant how it's how it's all moved along. So, what happens next, then, Nicole? It's uh, we're just into the second half of the season, but uh, plenty of cricket left for both sides. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the seconds have got their quarter-final fixture um, on Wednesday night um, against Nantwich. Um, so that's in the Development Cup, and then the first team have got a game on Sunday against Stockport Trinity, which is another really really hard game. Um, they've got a lot of big guns. They actually um, lost to Didsbury um, at the weekend. There was a couple of hundreds um, for both teams. So wow. it will be a tough game and they will be raring to go, but so will we. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well done. Uh, it's 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 great to watch from, from afar. You keep us posted. I know you will. Um, and you're practising hard because I've seen you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, no, thank I you. 
having me on anyway, Jim. No, thank you. I know we've we grabbed you at work, so uh, uh, go do some work. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Jim. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss. There you go then, Lee and uh, Nicole. Uh, those ladies are going pretty well, both the ones and twos, aren't they? Yeah, a really good feel about it, Jim. Uh, it seems to be really coming together. A lot more members, which is great. Quality of some of the young players is is fantastic, and it's definitely adding to that that first eleven squad. And I just think the fact that the second team's so well ran as well gives those fringe players the opportunity to go down and play and, and hone the skills as well. Um, you know, I, I think there's a there's a lot to look forward to between now and the end of the season. And uh, I'm 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 convinced that potentially we we may be able to get some silverware, which would be, you know, a great be a great opportunity for that women's section to to bring something back to the club uh, on on a trophy viewpoint for the for the first time for a while. Yeah, and the uh, the ladies are in action midweek this week. Um, the second team are, and then there's a big cup game next week in the week. So here on the Full Toss podcast, of course, we're used to catching up with Dave Atkin about uh, our junior teams and uh, what's happening across the club there. Uh, It's a busy time just at the moment with the courses lined up. Again, details on the website about those those summer courses from Jamie Griffiths and from Harry and uh, from Alex as as well. So lots going on there. Uh, But of course, um, many of the games and leagues are are coming up to a crescendo as we uh, we get towards the end of, of their league seasons. And I was delighted to be able to catch up with Ed Rimmer uh, after some success, some significant success with the under-11s. And here's what he had to say. Yeah, so our under-11s team this year has been absolutely fantastic. Um, It's really off the back of, uh, I think, last year when we had loads of cricket condensed into probably six to eight weeks after lockdown one. Um, Season was, um, was really short, but we... Had a load of kids that were really focused on cricket because there was no other sport going on really at the time. And that's rolled them into this year where they were really, really keen to get back into the cricket. And the development of the lads has been fantastic. We've got 33 um, lads in the under-11s. Most of them are are year sixes. Um, A lot of them know each other from other sports, rugby and football and hockey. Um, And they're a great bunch of lads, really keen to develop. And they, they spark off each other as well. You know, they, um, they bat and bowl really well together. But there's a nice bit of competitive rivalry as well, which I think drives the development forward and, and that competitive spirit as well. Balanced with enjoyment, of course, has, um, has created a fantastic bunch of lads. And successful, we've, um, we've just won the, the Wirral League in the, the final against Oxton. And tonight we've, um, we've beaten Brooklands to get to the final of the Cheshire County League. Um, so we uh, we hopefully will play that final next week, and um, if we win that, it'll be two cups in one season. So um, all in all, fantastic. And Ed, you mentioned thirty three kids in there all together. Uh, how much of a challenge is that to keep everybody content, happy, and playing? Yeah, I mean that is a challenge, but um, I'm conscious that if I was one of those um, kids and parents, then I'd want to make sure my um, child got a fair crack. And, it, and if they didn't, I'd want to know why. So my, I suppose my mantra is that I always tell people up front where, you know, where we are with things, try and um, swap kids around. Um, every child has had the opportunity to play cricket, whether that's at the nets or in a practice match or in, um, in league friendlies or actual league, 
league matches themselves. So I do put a lot of effort into making sure that, that kids get a game. But, but obviously, with every sport, and particularly when they, the kids get to sort of this age now, you know, it, it is competitive. Um, and obviously, you have to balance that with, um, with wanting to win. But, but participation and keeping the kids involved, I know, really is the priority. Um, and that's what we want to continue into next year. Be a bit more difficult next year, obviously, when we go to under 13s. When you're out, you're out. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll see how many kids really want to continue then. But I hope that from the back of, on the back of this year, with the enthusiasm and, and the real passion that they've got for the game, I hope we'll be able to keep a lot of them interested next year as well. And you've got a, a number of good colleagues around you. We can we can all see that, including Jamie, who uh, seems to be doing great things across the club just at the moment. You're all working together really hard as a team, is that fair to say? It is, yeah. I mean, Jamie's massive enthusiasm um, and um, obviously likes to develop um, kids as well, but, but also likes to you know, win, uh, I think, which is... Um, uh, it's a fine balance to get right, isn't it? So um, I think some kids, some kids at the end of the day, they just want to play cricket or, or a game with their mates and come into the club after school on a Friday evening and having a bit of fun, as is important um, to them as it is to you know, the better kids in terms of their abilities and being pushed to be better. So it's just getting that balance right. And um, I think with the, the, the netting that we've got on Fridays, the drills that Jamie's introduced where it's not just nets, you know, we're doing lots of fielding drills and switching kids on more to be interested in the, 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 the wider attributes of the game rather than just batting and bowling, the mental side of the game. I think that's one of the big um, plus points from this year as well. And what about you, Ed? Uh, it's hard work. We all know it's hard work, but you, you look as if you're enjoying it. I guess you are. You've got a smile. <laughs> no, I, I do really love it, I have to say. Um, I, li- I, like, I like sport in general, and cricket's been my passion since I was um, the, the kid's age now, really, when I started playing. Um, and it's just so nice to be still involved. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's, um, it's a, you get a massive buzz out of seeing kids get better, um, and developing new new shots and new skills and, and new thinking, and uh, you know new, new new really team spirit, which is um, which is fantastic in this team. So yeah, I love it, and um, long may it continue. And uh, finally, then Ed, just remind us again what happens next and where can we come and watch? Uh, so we're now in the um, Cheshire County League final, um, likely to be against Macclesfield or Hyde. Um, so waiting to find out when um, when that game will be, but it's scheduled for some point next week um, and venue to be decided, so I'll know that in the next couple of days. But that will be a big, big event for us. Um, last scheduled game of the season as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of um, things to look forward to still and hopefully get a few friendlies in in, in, uh, in August before we finish off um, and, and football season starts again. Great stuff. Thanks very much indeed, Ed. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. All right. Um, let us talk about the Fantasy League, Lee. Uh, <laughs> how are we standing at the moment? Well, uh, John Scott, isn't it? John Scott, is, uh, he's got his, uh, his chart on the wall. I think he's probably ripped his uh, Euro 2020 chart down now and he's got his Fantasy League stuff back up. It's a bit of a, a nip and tuck job, actually. To be honest, it's it's kind of starting to um, come together at the top now. John Scott, 
Dan Pond, Nicole, myself, Dan Riley, all within about 400 points now. So, look, I think the uh, the next few weeks are going to be key. Um, it's just making sure people don't forget to um, not change their teams and make sure that they keep an eye out. Obviously, uh, I must apologise to quite a lot of people. People probably don't realise Jim relies completely on me to put the teams on the website. <laughs> and sometimes uh, my emails get delayed. I can't blame Royal Mail for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I know a lot of the guys keep an eye out for that for the fantasy league viewpoint. But uh, look, I think this week you've got to be looking at you know the, the the second team playing at home on a good wicket. You know, I've, I've bigged up Griff the last few weeks. Uh, I, th- I think Griff will, will get a score. Reg Wyatt, he, he's had a fifty and a forty in his last three innings for the uh, seconds and a couple of wickets, so maybe he's an option. I'd be getting my captain's armband out at Neston away this week and I'd be giving it to Jack Williams because he's bowling as well as I've seen him for a long time. That wicket is going to spin at Neston and he's going to come in later on and win us the game with the bat. So Jack Williams is my pick this week. So get him as your captain. There we go then, Lee. So busy weekend uh, last weekend, uh, busy weekend this weekend. I know you're oiling your bat, you're getting yourself ready for some fish and chips at Neston. And uh, look, hey, we'll catch up next week. Mate, look, look forward to it and... Uh, Maybe we've uh, we've done some good out broadcasts in the past at Neston Gym. Maybe we can get the old recorder out again Sounds good and to do me. a bit again. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Okay, so that will do us for another Full Toss podcast, number 53, Bites to Dust, and uh, we move on. Thank you uh, to all of our contributors this time around. Really great to catch up with Ed Rimmer and hear about those those juniors. Uh, always good, of course, to hear from our captains as well. Uh, and uh, Nicole, uh, great stuff happening there on the, uh, on, on the ladies' front. So, look, a busy weekend. Get yourself down to Filkins Lane or across to one of those grounds. Uh, remember, the firsts are at Neston. Uh, the threes are at Northwich. Two great grounds uh, or uh, watch the twos play here at Chester and the fours against Appleton right take care have a good week we'll see you next time round the full toss podcast from Chester Borton Hall